Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Yeah, oh, shit, I had a joke. Uh, I can't remember what it was last night. <laughs> Clearly you've been stricken by dolphin fever. Yeah. Oh, man, this is the most Lisa Frank episode that we've come to so far. I don't think that was my joke. I think my joke was about something about the clown prince of crime returning. <laughs> but but my brain has been scattered today. Well, also possibly because um, yesterday I heard a root canal. Oh. Oh, boy. It was um, not painful, thankfully. Well, that's good. But it was weird. Yeah, <laughs> dental well, work tends to be. Yeah, because they had to tip me down really far for the dentist to get me, and I have acid reflux, and my sinuses were clogged, so I could barely breathe it out of half a nostril. So they ended up putting, like, a rubber thing over my face instead of the sucky, blowy shit in my mouth. And mm-hmm. Other than being weird, it was actually preferable to having that, that squirting water in my throat and then sucking it out before it goes down my throat. Yeah. Always drying my throat out because I have throat problems. I had to get a crown last summer and uh, it was not fun. I would not recommend it. Also, it was all the way in the back at the top, Oof. so they also had to tip me back way too far and it's not good. I don't recommend it. Oof. Yeah, so yesterday I was just groggy and confused for most of the day, and uh, today I'm just tired. So you kind of remember the episode you watched. Yes. But, uh, yeah, yeah, wait, did, yeah, I think I did watch this before the, the dentist trip. Uh-huh. But yes, into this episode. See, so yeah, this episode aired way out of order um, with the others. Wait, which is kind of a prop, like... Because this is not on any streaming platform, yes, we're going by the episodes we had, and somehow Jen was missing this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and noticed the wiki has them. The wiki lists them in a different order than like anything else. It's in their production order. Ah, because okay. yeah, so, I got a uh, a IMDb says it's like season three episode. Yeah, so, or the, so the last episode that we reviewed was Movers and Shakers. First aired July fifth, twenty fourteen. This is episode 48. It aired January 18th, 2015. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty different. Okay. I'll, I, I'll have to check my, uh, files of dubious origin and see if it's just in season three randomly somehow. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Well, yeah, it's apparently from a different source than where I got mine, mm-hmm. but I could only find season two. Ah. Well, I will, I will take a look at that. I get that. Yeah, so, goddammit, Hasbro, put this somewhere streaming. Please Please. actually make this available and not just, oh my god, I'm gonna have to just upload them myself and just have it be like my Inhumanoids uploads. Where are they? Well, yeah, if you're going to do that, do not put it on the same channel. Mm, I guess that's fair. I don't know, because that's my, uh, so I did those, and then also, very important announcement, uh, the entirety of the Headmasters episode, Life Can Be Sacrificed for Peace on Earth, is now available on YouTube. Uh, it was yeah. previously uploaded about 10 years ago by Walkie, uh, so yeah. long ago that it had to be uploaded in three parts, because you used to not be oh, able that's to upload right. things more than like 10 minutes or so. It's 10 minutes, yes. <laughs> I, I think it was 11 minutes for the longest time. 
And uh, the middle part got copyright takedowned. Uh, so mm. for the last 10 years or so, you could only see the the first third and last third. Uh, but as Hasbro seems to have adjusted their policies on these things, uh, at least for things that they have, whether by choice or because they have not gotten to it yet, uh, stuff they have not made available, uh, they seem to be willing to let you put it up and just not monetize it. Uh, they do a copyright claim on it uh, where all monetization goes to them, except what that effectively seems to mean is that instead of getting ads for, like, whatever stupid stuff you normally get ads for on YouTube, like, I don't know, local political races or cars or whatever, you just occasionally get little banners popping up telling you to go buy some Nerf. Uh, so honestly, as far as uh, copyright claims go, that... Uh, you know, again, I'm a little annoyed that I went through all the trouble of purchasing this Inhumanoids DVD set and, you know, spending money and then putting labor into ripping them uh, and not getting paid at all by Hasbro to do this as, like, an archivist. But it wasn't actually money going directly to Hasbro, technically, so, you know. Yeah. So, but well, still. there's that. Well, yeah, but, I mean, the the set I got was copied from a set that was made in 2005. So it's not like I was exactly getting a pirated copy of something that was available or in print. Yeah, normally legally available like like how Rescue Bots is not legally available anywhere. Only currently available secondhand anyway. Uh, so yes. Uh, I would guess though that they are active enough with Rescue Bots content uh, that they might be a little stricter about it, but I could yes, always well, test. So the current show is Rescue Bots Academy? Is that still going on? I think it has ended fairly recently, but it got like a zillion oh. episodes. Mm-hmm. Because they're like half episodes. Oh, one of those things. Yes. But, yeah, uh, so they might be annoyed about this, but they're also probably winding up for whatever the next year. When are we going to get a new Transformers show on the air? It's, it's going to be on Nickelodeon, I think maybe next year. Good. They because did? this Netflix and, and little web short shit has been annoying. They did I want just, an show. uh, they just, well, we'll see if it's any better than Cyberverse. Uh, they did just add all oh, right, of G1 to YouTube, so this may be something that they do have someone internal okay. going through stuff. Maybe they'll and, get to it. And, and that may be why, because I had uploaded just as a test the first episode of Inhumanoids a few months back, and it just solid blocked it. Mm. And then I had noticed a couple months later that it had put it through, but with Hasbro's content moderation. So I think... At some point, someone at Hasbro actively decided to change that policy. Uh, and it may be that they decided they were not or could not upload in humanoids themselves. Uh, so if someone else wanted to do it, they would just run some nerf ads. Uh, yeah, that, that's more of a massive legal gray area. Whereas Hasbro, please upload rescue bots to YouTube. Yeah, rescue bots. <laughs> it would make our and- life a lot easier and fun. We I can make, personally, we can recommend it to people. To to this, well, at least the last time I was at TFCon, I was bothering Aaron about how it was a terrible decision not to put the uh, English track 
on the uh, the Japanese uh, Transformers show DVDs. Uh, so the fact that I'm lo- uploading the the uh, English dubs is probably why that got a pass. Uh, though it also yeah, well, got an automated pass that wasn't like manually reviewed. It does make sense that they wouldn't want to put it on there because it's kind of ridiculous and stupid. But the show itself isn't great. Shut up, man! It's great. I mean, <laughs> but also the problem could also be it might be edited for the the dubbed version, mm-hmm. and trying to fix a track that's edited it is a pain in the butt that Ultraman has gone through a few times. Yeah, but basically it. With rescue bots, they are hopefully, I mean, it's possible that I could attempt to upload one, and if it just gets solid no, uh, yeah. it just says you cannot upload that, maybe that means that Hasbro is thinking about, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, reserving the right to put out a proper copy of it themselves, uh, and maybe they'll mm. get to that. I would think they would probably get to that sooner than they would get to, like, uploading all of Armada or something. Uh, yeah. And maybe then they can work on Robots in Disguise 2001. <laughs> well, that's that's another <laughs> kettle of fish. Anyway, I'll stop being a huge copyright nerd. But, yeah, Hasbro really needs to make these properly available because it, it, it was too much trouble to track down this episode. So yeah, this episode first aired January 18th, 2015, uh, written by frequent uh, Rescue Bots writer Greg Johnson, previously last seen on this show uh, doing Space Bots, and prior to that, a bunch of Beast Wars episodes. What? Yeah. Oh, that's uh, right. Uh, three good ones and one not so good one. <laughs> you got uh, Equal Measures. That's the one where mm-hmm. they, there's like an accidental little teleporter between the two bases. I love that one. Oh, yeah. uh, you got Guerrilla Warfare, the one where Primal goes nuts. Mm-hmm. And you got Bad Spark, which is the first one with Rampage. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. And then you got Feral Scream Part 1, which is also an episode of Beast Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it is, unfortunately, an episode of Beast Wars. <laughs> it's okay, I guess. Anyway... Everybody check your temperature and uh, and go eat some raw fish, because you've got dolphin fever, much like the entirety of Griffin Rock. <laughs> some Lisa Frank nonsense up in here, man. Uh, we, we get, like, some very cool, like, Griffin graphics, because we open yes. with a news report from Griffin Rock's favorite and only newsman, Huxley Prescott. Yes. Does he have new graphics every time he shows up? Maybe. Maybe. That's, that's just what he spends all his time in his van doing. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he usually has like the the reporter holding a mic one, and well, that's still his, his lo- that, that's still his logo, but this is like his intro. But yeah, the, uh, graphic design is his passion. <laughs> and maybe he has like an intro for he has a different intro for every program because I, I think we've seen the intro for I Dare Me. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. we've heard talk of that more than I think we've seen the intro, but yeah, that's different. I love I love I Dare Me. <laughs> it's. I, it's 
it's Huxley Prescott doing his own G-rated jackass. <laughs> Not even any pretending that anyone else wants him to do any of this. This is entirely <laughs> just his own. It, it does feel so much like a Colbert Report segment. Yes. It does. I mean, does. The, the design is definitely a little Colbert. Mm-hmm. Well, even we, his design is kind of Colbert. Yeah, we all had Colbert mania at the time. Yes, yeah. it's true. And it is uh, Jeff Bennett kind of doing a Colbert voice. Well, I could see that. And he's a little Colbert, a little uh, Ron Burgundy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The suits are definitely Ron Burgundy. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's the maroon. Anyway, this is the Dolphin Wonder Festival, which is apparently an annual event on Griffin Rock in which a bunch of people come to watch the dolphins. I mean, yeah, that sounds yeah. like a thing that happens in a town it's that a has tourism. Very East Coast thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. From Jersey up to Maine, it seems normal. Well, and, and probably yeah, up into Newfoundland. It checks out. And they are, and they get a bunch of tourists for it every year. Hmm. Yes, probably from like New York City. Oh man, we've got to see these uh, these dolphins, my own. Yes, coming up from Long Island. Oh, I'm oh. sorry. Closest we get to this in the Bronx is watching big rats go for a swim. <laughs> Thought I saw a dolphin once, it turns out it was a mafia snitch that had floated up from Newark. Uh. <laughs> Wait, floating up from Newark? Wow, that that's quite an adventure. I don't know how water works, or where Newark is. <laughs> no, it, that's fair. It could happen, but it's highly unlikely it would be a long trip, and would bump into many, many boats. Well, that's why it kind of looked like a dolphin by the time it drifted up there. Yeah, 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 the arms and legs are gone. It was very gray. I thought it was a blowhole. That's just where the bullets went in. Oh, we called him the Beast of Montauk. <laughs> oh, no, that thing. And what did they eventually figure out that was, a coyote or something? I thought it was like a feral pig. Oh, a feral pig, that makes sense. Like the just one, just though. But, but it wasn't like an escape genetic experiment? No, no, it's just that the normal parts of an animal that would fall off fell off and it looked bizarre. Right, just like uh, just like the globsters. Oh, yeah, or, um, oh, the, the thing looked like a plesiosaur. I forget what it's called. It's found by a Japanese fishing vessel. All right, I think it turned out to be like a dead basking shark. Yeah, yeah, because the basking shark, like, the lungs and the jaw went away... And what was left is like a bit of the head, which looks like, and the neck, so it's a plesiosaur. Or also, of course, cattle mutilations. Aliens aren't taking those parts. Those are just the parts the coyotes eat first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, enough from gore. Back to dolphins. Yes. Who are also weird, but we won't go into that. So yeah, we are, you know, everybody is stuck in traffic because of all these tourists. Uh... You know, and they're hoping that it goes better than last year, where no dolphins showed up, and the mayor had to wear a dolphin suit. As as Cody says, he made little kids cry. <laughs> and once again, it is time for Huxley Prescott to not only report on disasters, but also cause them, because he is <laughs> driven out onto a pier that is clearly marked as being unable to support cars or news vans that you live in. 
You would think that he would know better as someone who lives in a coastal community, but I guess you would be wrong. If and as someone that. who probably lives in a van. Well, yeah, I, I would also chalk it up to bad deck construction and the amount of people on it going over the limit well, besides the van. there was literally a sign. There was and- a car with the, the Universal Ghostbusters negation circuit. <laughs> we Not to mention no cars. Not to mention, of course, that the Ninja Turtles fought uh, the Super Shredder there last night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that there's some serious Kevin Nash damage on this pier. <laughs> Damn it! I couldn't remember the wrestler who that was. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, the entire thing ends up plummeting into the ocean. Luckily, the rescue bots get there in time to save everybody except for Huxley Prescott, who goes in the drink. Gotta have that mortal peril. And so he finishes report whilst in the clutches of uh of heat wave and soaking wet. <laughs> Good job. And hey, now it's time for the main plot of the episode to begin, and that is that the chief is going away. For reasons. Well, he's going to a peace officers conference, which I'm pretty sure is how they got rid of uh, those three cast members of Power Rangers who wanted more money. <laughs> what did they? Uh, wasn't that so much that they wanted more money? They wanted money they were deserved for using their likeness rights on toys. Yes, I'm not. I'm not yeah. saying they were wrong to ask for this money. They should have gotten this money. Yes, there's but, basically uh, no situation in which some employee asking for more money is in the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, especially way back in the Saban era when they were played like shit. Yeah, they were they were basically extras. Yeah, yeah. I think Brian Cranston might have got more money to make funny monster voices than they did to actually appear on camera. I think that's actually true. Oh dear. Oh, release per appearance fee. Mm. <laughs> like, well, I would not be surprised. Well, I know the Red Ranger has subsequently been in subsequent uh, Power Rangers productions, and I know that the Yellow Ranger is deceased. Has the Black Ranger returned at all? Um. The original one? Is it Walter Jones? Yes. I think, wait. Yes, I think, damn it, my memory's like fuzzy. Because he's done a bunch of other he was in some weird Canadian thing that I think was on Nickelodeon. Is it the pinata? Is it the movie about the killer pinata? (laughs) <laughs> no, it was like about uh, teens in space. Okay. With that, I gotta look shit up. I'm just gonna be over here being sad about training. That is true. And it was like the week of 9-11 or something. Yes, it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I heard about it like that morning before things started happening. And then a week or so later, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's right. <laughs> Trini died. Because, you know, I kind of had a lot of other things to think about for a little bit. Yeah, Like was... that my Ben Folds concert was canceled that night. <laughs> the one at the 930 Club in Washington, D.C. Oh, dear. Yes, it was Walter Jones. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, he's so yeah, he's headed out to this conference. He's going off on the ferry. Hey, you know they're, they're you know the team is pretty sure you know we can handle this. Even though it appears that Cade will be in charge, and the last time he was in charge, he made a relax the uh, garage floor. 
so he could see reflections in it. Yeah, sure. But uh, like they himself. note that uh, they note that both Doc and Frankie are out of town, implying that if Frankie was still around, she would be in charge, which is probably <laughs> correct. But it's still kind of weird. Yeah, it's that would that seems reasonable. Yeah. Uh, instead, it is Jeez. everybody's favorite wacky uncle, Woodrow Burns, still voiced uh. by uh, by Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill. Yes. He drives off the ferry in the best car. It is apparently their grandfather's old convertible. I believe he may have purchased it from Archie Andrews. It looks... It looks really bad. It's not in good shape. It's, I can't I'm know. A, what, what? It's barely running. I can't remember if he honks the horn, but if he does, it definitely makes an auga sound. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Is this like a... a Model T or something? It, it's it's a very little, ancient and rusty. It, it's more like twenties, thirties than the Model T. It's a little newer, a little sportier. Yeah, slightly, slightly sportier. Yes, I mean it was it was you know. Well, I guess it does it have running boards. You know, real, it was a real bloomers dropper back in its day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, and almost immediately, Chase becomes jealous of this car. He hates that car so much. I love it. Like it, it doesn't really come to anything. It's just kind of a subplot in this, but it's hilarious. Yes. It, it's like a C plot that starts from nowhere and goes nowhere, other but, than mention of, of an oil slick. But it's funny because it's Chase. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Chase is the best deadpan comedy. Yeah. So, yeah, he, you know, he. He's, he's still very interesting. Remember, you will remember that, that uh, Woodrow is, you know, he's a little flaky. He's well-traveled. He's very interested in ancient aliens. <laughs> yes. And he just comes right up and he's like, how's how's the aliens going? Oh my god, like, you know, ixnay on the aliens, A, because he, you know, I guess he doesn't quite realize that it's still a secret. It's like, still secret, Woodrow. <laughs> Still, also, I really appreciate that uh, Chief Burns always calls him Woodrow. Yes, and he always calls him Charlie. Yes, like he could call him Woody. He's not gonna mm. call him Woody. I, I'm a little surprised that Woodrow doesn't call him Chuck. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Or Chaz. No, Ew, no, no one can call Chaz. Or uh, I think maybe, he's... but also no. Or uh, or chip. Yeah, I can see that. Ch- yeah. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a decent gag. But he is definitely a guy who calls you the derivative version of your name without asking. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know that any of his nieces and nephews really have easily uh, shortened names. I mean, I think Cade is just Cade. Cody's. Just, I-, I assume Danny is short for Danielle. Yeah, Danny is presumably already short for Danielle, so there's yeah. not much further you can go with that. Yeah. If, if you knew, I don't think with- he necessarily seeks them out, but I think he just doesn't have the self awareness to like it. I don't feel like he's mean spirited about it. I just feel no. like he doesn't have the self because that's kind of part of his problem is not having self awareness. Mm-hmm. He's bad at people. Yeah. 
He's he's good at adventuring and not as good at people, which is why he's like, "How are the sea? How's the aliens going?" And he's like, "Still secret." And then he offers everyone some delicious dry roasted beetles. Yes. Ugh. No. So, you know, Chase's indignance is fueled by the fact that he drives Cody back to the uh, back to the fire station in this rust bucket, and so Chase has to walk. And then uh, when they when they get there, Cody's like, "Isn't this is Chase's parking space, though?" And Woodrow's like, "Oh, he won't mind." In my notes, I just wrote, "He will mind," especially since it's, it's already leaking oil into it. Yeah, it, yes. the fact that he's annoyed at the car is weird because it starts before it's parked in his spot and pees oil in his spot. Its very existence simply offends him. Yeah. Yes. And he does not seem entirely aware that it's not alive. Yeah, I mean, well, he kind of does, well, but he's definitely uh, anthropomorphizing it. It, yeah. it. You know, it's like if you visited some aliens and they had some, like, humanoid robots that weren't real, really alive. Right. And you'd still kind of unconsciously attribute human behaviors and feelings to them. Mm. Even if you might know on an on an intellectual level he knows it's not alive, but I think on an emotional level he's not there yet. Yes. And now my brain is just trying to think this has to be a sci-fi story somewhere. <laughs> I can't place it. Actually it sounds like an anime sitcom to be quite honest. <laughs> and then the and then he makes uh you know he he's not he's not going to go on Missions, and he's not going to uh, really be in charge. He's just kind of there to keep an eye on things. Yeah, because he's not actually trained to be in charge of literally anything. No, but he uh, he does make dinner, and it is disgusting. <laughs> but uh, is this the one they say tastes good, though? Yes, it's a uh, baked hakalui. They yeah, also say that like- it's uh, crunchy. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a brown jello that is somehow crunchy because it's got beetles in it. Yes. Yes. You know, he's trying to show off. He's trying to show off all the fun, adventurous stuff that he's learned about. Yeah, because he learned this one in the uh, the Calliope Rainforest. They are not having it. No. They're not interested. Especially once they find out that it's full of, that the secret ingredient is beetles. Mm, which is why Danny presumably says it's crunchy. <laughs> and and we we cut now to the mayor's yacht, the floating Xanadu, which I <laughs> I love. Yeah, and it's a good name for a yacht. I mean, it, I I assume it's a uh, it's a Citizen Kane reference. It kind of has to be. I mean, if it oh, well, was well, I guess it it was uh, if it was something else Xanadu, it could be not. But floating Xanadu, that's. Isn't that Foster Kane's mansion or something? Yeah, his mansion is Xanadu. I mean, it could also be... Somebody, he might also just be a big fan of Olivia Newton-John or Kublai Khan. Oh, wait, I guess it's floating Xanadu because <laughs> it's floating. Yeah, it makes more sense that it's Citizen Kane than Kublai Khan stuff because I yes. don't want to think about sex jokes uh, about the mayor, really. Well, now no. I'm just thinking about... Oh, wait. Uh, now I'm just thinking about Mayor Lusky, like, campaign for mayor in front of, like, a, a giant poster of his face like uh, Charles Foster Kane. <laughs> 
That's yes. going to happen. I almost would swear that is going to be future episode <laughs> if they ever do a mayoral race. Which why wouldn't you not? You have a mayor character. Yeah, do that. A citizen. You have lusty. to have an election. You have to have an election episode. I I think there's an election episode, and I think one of the rescue bots somehow gets elected mayor. Really? Oh no. <gasps> I was kind of hoping it would be Lusky versus Mar- Morocco. I mean, because that's the obvious. <laughs> I guess you oh, well, could do. This sounds amazing, and I'm I'm already for looking Libra. forward to it. Well, I mean, I guess as reporter turned politician, it would have to be Huxley Prescott as the Charles yeah, Foster King. That could work too, but uh... but then you wouldn't have the fun of Hus- Huxley covering it, other than covering himself, and that I don't think that would work as well. Yeah, you know, his last words, uh, words are rosebud, and turns out rosebud is the name of his like floating camera thing. I dare me <laughs> to run for mayor. <laughs> oh, yeah, that could happen. I dare me to promote this uh, this woman's, despite her poor singing career. <laughs> anyway, the, the mayor and and his. Uh, assistant. Uh, well, this is Mr. Albert, who's also on the city council, but for some reason yeah. here, he's like the mayor's gopher, and also he looks like Alfonso Ribeiro. He does. Uh, wait, who the hell is that? Uh, Carlton. Carlton Banks. Oh, I was thinking he looked like the, the guy on, um, The Good Place. Oh, yeah. I could see I, that too. I know Although that guy. That came out after this, so. Yes, it did. And I don't know if that guy ever had that, the, the high top fade of this guy. No. Also, some resemblance to the uh, the hacker guy from uh, Die Hard. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God, the quarterback is toast. <laughs> anyway, they are out on the floating Xanadu, and they are not going to settle for uh, for an insufficient yield of dolphins this year. So they have no. they have acquired a bunch of dolphin attracting beacons, which look like little robotic fish, which were purchased at a flea market. With a coupon. Yeah. I'll, this is I'll what happens when Doc that... Green's out of town. you got to buy your <laughs> dangerous technology on the cheap. Buying uh, buying important things that absolutely need to be working properly from a flea market is how my dad one time ended up having to get, like, layers of stitches. <laughs> what did he buy? Oh, it was a cutting disc. He bought some cutting discs at a flea market. I see. Yeah. For, like, a saw? Yeah. I'm just kind of picturing the glaive from Krell. I'm just thinking giant sanding blades. It's basically, yeah, like a big sanding blade. And, yeah, you maybe if you're going to be running something at high speed in a power tool. And buying a used thing that is used to grind stuff down and eventually gets chips in it. It wasn't used. It was just cheap. Well, still. <laughs> Which is why it flew to pieces. <laughs> Cut his hand up so bad that he had stitches under other stitches. Oh, it was no. uh, it was pretty bad. I wasn't here for that. I was not around for that. I'm somewhat curious about why you would ever need to have this many things to attract dolphins for... Anything else other than a town that has a dolphin festival? Is this how they made that movie, The Cove? I thought we were going to ask why my why my father needed a a cutting wheel, but I was <laughs> I was going to bring up a conversation we had elsewhere things. online about how my father absolutely owns an autoclave. 
No, remember, it's that documentary from like 10 years ago about yes. Japanese fishermen luring a bunch of dolphins into a cove and like oh. hideously massacring them. Oh, that's maybe what that that's was. maybe that's why these these uh, lures were at uh, were at the flea market. Uh, produced yeah. by Fisher Stevens, everybody. <laughs> oh, ah, uh, yes, okay. everyone's favorite Indian man. That's why. <laughs> that's why he is now Fisher Stevens Oscar winner. <laughs> Sure. Now, really making up because he was totally robbed for short circuit too. Yes. Sure, he was. Anyway, I, I yes. was just trying to think of good Squid Game gags, but I couldn't. I haven't I have seen that show yet. I hear good yet. things. I haven't watched it either. I don't think I want to because it, it's like a. It does sound kind of grim. Um, I love grim battle oh. royale by way of yeah. um. Hunger Games, that's the thing. Yeah. I love Battle Royale. Yeah, actually, my barber was just talking about that today. About Squid Game? Yes. Wow. Nobody talks to me about anything interesting. You have a barber. I have a pair of clippers to cut my hair. I have a guy go to who cuts my hair. I guess, you know, he's a barber. I'm old, I don't, I don't give a shit. I just shave <laughs> in this, when summer starts. Uh. I don't trust anyone around here to make my hair gay enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't need that. Listen, I just like, go in there, I tell him I want the Robert Picardo, and I get it. <laughs> you don't know? No one wants that. <laughs> please, please state the nature of the uh, sartorial emergency. Anyway... <laughs> So the instructions say, you know, drop one of these every 50 yards or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point, Lesky just dumps the whole barrel of them in. Oh, well, of course he does. To be honest, they start swimming on their own. So part of the thing is, well, why would you... They might bump into each other anyway. But dumping them all together, they sort of swim in a school together. Yes. And this becomes... Well, first off, one just swims into the boat's intake, totally screws it up, and it goes... Yes. Speeding at top speed towards the island. We get mortal peril for a commercial break this time. Yes. So, of course, it is an emergency. Uh, Everybody has to spring into action, including Woodrow, because somebody has to do it. And um, it turns out he has a crazy idea. And this crazy idea totally works when Blades acts as a ramp for this boat. Also, I, I would like to point out that we start out here, we discussed this the other, at least like a couple episodes ago, Cody's going to school. He's going to school. Oh. We have yet to actually see school, but he's going there. Because Uncle Woodrow is driving him to school in chase. Uh, so yes, we, however, he does not actually make it to school because he then has to go do a rescue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So they yeah. managed to save the mayor from the villain of the week, also the mayor. <laughs> Using Woodrow. Doomed by my own hubris. <laughs> very, uh, very exciting idea of having Blade serve as a ramp for the boat, and then all the other bots catch it on the beach, and then uh, I guess it has a sensor that lets it know it's out of the water and it stops running. I mean, Mayor Lusky is often very much like the mayor in Jaws. Yes. But yes. Yes, he is. I'm, I'm a little surprised. I don't think he has shown up in uh, this uh, on this show wearing one of those suits with the little anchors on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not yet. Yeah. Amity, as you know, means friendship. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they uh, 
Also, they explained the uh, the whole thing with the uh, with the the bait things, the lures to Boulder, mm. and he says it doesn't seem right making dolphins go where they don't want to. Like, aw. Blades is not cool with SeaWorld. No. But hey, you know, the, uh, the, the tourists are happy, so the mayor says, hey, mission accomplished. Yep. And of course, he's also thrilled with, uh, with Woodrow, so he has a big ceremony and gives him a medal and names him acting chief. And everyone's like, great. And initially, you know, it seems like, you know, he, you know, I'm, I'm just at a loss for words here. I don't know, I don't know what to say. At which point he says, well, actually, I actually have a, uh, an insane anecdote about how I was uh, made honorary tribal leader and then sacrificed to, to uh, satisfy the volcano gods. Yes. Woodrow, I, I think you're you're daydreaming. That was just a chipmunk movie. You fell asleep during it. <laughs> I hate that, man. Does that happen in one of those chipmunk movies? <sighs> Does that happen in one of those chipmunk movies? Yes, yes, the first one. Like the live action ones with David Cross? No, not the live action, the oh. animated one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that rings Where a they, bell. It, it's basically around the world in 80 days delivering, uh, drug money. <laughs> what? No, it's for diamonds, but it, the way it's played is like they're exchanging drug money, but it's diamonds for money and shit and stuffed dolls. And, and near the end, the, the chipmunks end up almost being thrown into a volcano and then they sing Wooly Bully. I see. So it's uh, it's a real Joe versus the volcano situation. Oh, yeah, that would have been a better example. That's less crazy. No. I mean, Joe versus the volcano is a pretty crazy movie. I'm... It's crazy, but in such an entertaining, like, um, folk tale kind of way. I mean, your average movie only has a single Meg Ryan. This movie has three Meg Ryans. <laughs> there were multiple Meg Ryans. I don't know. Many of them do in a crazy voice. Most of what I remember is is the journey of the luggage. That is, I mean, that is legitimately a movie I love. I remember loving it, but I haven't seen it in like 20 years. I need and to watch more by noted, Chipmunks. Uh, written by noted playwright John Patrick Shanley, who also wrote the movie Congo. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> okay. Speaking of volcanoes, the climax of the movie takes place oh, yeah. in an erupting volcano, during which uh, acclaimed actress Laura Linney shoots a bunch of mutant gorillas with a laser cannon. He hate Michael yes. Crichton so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think he cared for that movie much either. But I do love that, like, it's a laser, so it needs a diamond. And she just, like, grabs a diamond from this mine, sticks it in this laser, and then starts lasering gorillas. No, no, it, it's not that much different from the book. I read the book. It oh, is wow. dumb as fuck. Does he she just yell, put him up? it because it wasn't popular, so he doesn't want people <laughs> to think that he thought it was yeah. good. Also, he's dead. It doesn't matter what he thinks. So in the book, in the book, when she starts firing lasers, does she also yell, put him on the endangered species list? Quite possibly. I don't, I don't remember any dialogue. I just remember dumb stuff. And the movie was kind of an improvement because, uh, Bruce Campbell's in it for a bit and, and you have the dueling accents. Doesn't oh, Bruce God. Campbell die before the opening credits? Yes. He, he dies in the opening credits, basically. Yes. yes. Also, in that movie, immediately. Bruce Campbell is somehow the son of Joe Don Baker. I'm not sure how yeah. that works genetically. <laughs> no. Only spiritually. And yes, Ernie Hudson has, like, this weird British accent, and then Tim Curry has this weird Dracula accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, yes, I am a Herkimer Hamulka, Romanian billionaire. 
I just wonder who on set started with the bad accent first, and the other one was like, oh, I could do better than that. <laughs> I could do uh, a bad know, they're accent. Pro- they're probably, like, nudging her. Hey, hey, uh, Laura Linney, you want to you get in on this? <laughs> you do like like a, like a Jodie Foster in silence accent? Uh, no, I don't think so, guys. I, I might have, like, a career after this. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to play uh, Abigail Adams uh, against Paul Giamatti. I think I'm good, guys. <laughs> Uh, Amy, good gorilla. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so the uh, Woodrow is now, you know, he's put on one of uh, the chief's ill-fitting spare uniforms. Yes. Like, is and he wearing? He's... Yes, yes, he is wearing. Also, Chase totally calls him out on wearing other people's clothes. Yeah. Yes, and he's trying to direct these rescues using his past insane experiences. None of which is helping. Well, no. well, the first one worked, but none of the rest of them are a good idea at all. Yeah, it's like and the first uh, one went well, so now he's a little, like, got a big head. And also, he heads out to rescue a man who's been trapped in a tree for three hours. He sure hopes that Mr. Pettypaws is okay. <laughs> uh, Pettypaws is the best running g- gag in the show. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> Uh. Anyway, is this so, where a robotic uh, dolphin murder happens? Yeah, so the, uh, so right around this time, all of these, uh, all these lure, all these robot fish are leading the dolphins, uh, out of the ocean and into this cove, possibly to be murdered by Japanese fishermen. <laughs> Like I said, maybe that's why they were at the flea market, because they were originally programmed to lure dolphins to their deaths for Japanese fishermen, and that fell out of fashion, so they had to dump them somewhere. Damn you, Fisher Stevens! <laughs> how many more, uh, how many more Asian countries must you, uh, must you defile? Uh, too many. Such a good movie, though. Uh, anyway, so you know the you know the kids are kind of ragging on Woodrow for being a dork and being a bad cook and also being scratched by this uh, ill-tempered cat. <laughs> He's heard the measles. No, no, I, I get it. Heimel's very good in this episode. Yeah. Well, you, well, you would say voice acting Mark Hamill any time after Batman the animated series, like. And good is obvious. There's probably something he's phoning in on. I don't know why. But... Phone, I, sometimes he's overly hammy, but it's usually what it's called for. Like well, in, he was in the uh, uh, Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go, where he's the Skeleton King, which is basically a precursor to him playing Skeletor. Wasn't right, he, wasn't he in, the in the one last of those Machinima that, uh, things? Yeah, I think he was in the oh, last one well, where he got that Ron one. Perlman. Right, and Michael Dorn, I want to say, is in that. Oh, and nobody's maybe. trying too hard. <laughs> I would say maybe we should watch the last of that series that we never no. touched, but we, we can't find it, and I don't want to. <laughs> maybe we can find a clip of Mark Hamill as... Is he Megatronus or something? Yeah, Something I like so. that. I think See, I want to say Dorn is Predaking. Uh, well, if he... If he See, if I, any of them cared, that might work. I opened this whole episode on this whole tirade about how they need to make things like rescue bots properly available and how I went through this trouble to 
have inhumanoids available and those machinima shows i'm just like eh. <laughs> i mean i don't think they're good but they should be archived somewhere i need like, to um, i should try to find them somewhere probably not to upload the, because again that is still a little too new and there's even more uh, obscure stuff like there was shorts for the power core combiners before that yeah i have no idea what happened to those because they were on some website Hasbro had somewhere. Hasbro.com slash something we felt like making this month. It's uh, much like uh, with Rescue Bots. It's the uh, the much it's the best left forgotten uh, shelf <laughs> of, uh, of Hasbro. Yes. Oh, imagine if we could find the masters of a big bad battle in Dudicus. Oh man, Actually, there are like really good quality versions of those on YouTube. Some, yeah, like I somebody think. got them from like the uh, like the animation studio that made them. Oh, yeah. See, we should we should in theory have that for everything yes. somewhere. Mm. So anyway, the uh, you know the the mayor calls them out. This is a disaster. We're about to have a bunch of uh, well, uh, let's just say that you know that abandoned uh, canning plant that we have on Griffin Rock might come might come in handy. No. <laughs> Tonight, Kevin Nash dines on dolphin soup. No. <laughs> yeah, Griffin, Griffin Rock Premium Tuna. The canned meat product from Griffin Rock that won't turn you into a Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a change. Nice it, change of pace. It will only give you mercury poisoning. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, uh, so they get there. The, the humans just start grabbing these robot fish, hucking them out of the water, at which point they deactivate. And then the, the rescue bots are carrying the dolphins out, but there are too many dolphins. These dolphins are running out of time because they are they they, they, make, they are sure to know that they are overheating. It's not a case of them not being able to breathe because they are not fish. Right. Yeah. They are mammals. They have blowholes for air. But yes, yeah. they will overheat if they're not submerged. That's, that's, uh, but hey, it is time once again for one of Ray Woodrow's crazy ideas. And this one might just be crazy enough to work. Because <gasps> the fact that maybe. he's a dolphin whisperer. Yes, it's from his time working <laughs> with George C. Scott when he accident, when inadvertently he trained a dolphin to kill the President of the United States. How do you do that accidentally? How, how, how do you actually, okay, how do you accidentally train a dolphin to kill the President? Just I, specifically I mean, the president? That's like three steps of how do you accidentally do that. <laughs> Basically, he's training dolphins to like, communicate with humans, but he's actually being funded by like these shady guys who are uh, going to use that uh, that training to like attach mines to the president's boat. But, but the, the, there's a step in there somewhere where killing is involved and training them and like he's training dolphins to like rescue people and stuff. I think. And this is, uh, this somebody... is well. This is George C. Scott, so I assume he's training them in like a very uh, antagonistic fashion. Like, get out there, Whoa. you goddamn dolphins! Come on, yes. <laughs> you miserable dolphins! I mean, I suppose there are worse dolphin research projects that have actually happened, but uh, like that guy who was probably having sex with a dolphin. Among many other things, yes. I definitely heard something about... Well, no, she was just... 
expressing a a dolphin's needs so that they could get on with other training. Wait, was that the woman who had to live in a tank with a dolphin for months? Uh, the, the interview that I heard didn't make it sound like she had to. Yeah. But it um, was more, that was more just like getting it out of the dolphin system. Also, she was not herself. She was giving it a hand job. She was giving the dolphin a hand job. <laughs> that really doesn't seem, that doesn't seem any more scandalous than what people do to breed cows. Well, like, yeah. this is true. So, yes, if you've been near a farm, weirder shit happens. Yeah. Probably. So, 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 anywho, they they dam up the 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 two drainage parts of this uh, of this cove, making the water rise, and that'll allow them to jump free willy style over this land bridge. Yes, as we were just talking about, we are freeing these dolphins willies. <laughs> why? Why is this episode the rudest one? I, do, I think it's, it's dolphins. They are inappropriately dolphins. sexual. They, yeah, they kind of are. I mean, there's a reason why Lisa Frank tends to be popular with girls right around puberty. I thought it was just... Uh, I just blamed Lisa Frank for that one. I guess. I guess there's that. Or or, uh, or that... Uh, uh, or uh, Echo the Dolphin. That and horses. Oh, yeah, Echo uh, the Dolphin. The, I mean, the dolphin is the horse of the sea. <laughs> yes. Is, is Horses that, are that bad? Jeez. Well, well, I, I mean, they're, they're both like inappropriately them. sexual, and they'll probably bite you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so he get he takes a bullhorn and he starts making dolphin noises into the water, and it is not working. No. But Everybody's luckily, like, Cody, okay, Uncle Woodrow. They're they're all making the the the, the screw loose gesture uh, behind his back. Yeah, but but no, Cody's figured out that he he learned to talk to dolphins in the Marshall Islands. He's using the wrong dolphin dialect, which I I actually think is a thing. I don't know if yeah. it work like this, but well, th- th- that if you sort of knew one, you would be able to figure out another from a different ocean. Well, no, maybe I don't think so. maybe he does just happen to know multiple dialects. I, I was afraid he was going to say, oh, I just have to say it in reverse <laughs> or something. Yeah, I don't think it works quite like that. Like, oh, because the currents go the other way around. But <laughs> thankfully, they didn't explain how it was different. I'm sure it was yes. just like, you know, talking to someone from England or from Australia. He was calling it a truck and not a lorry. <laughs> Yeah, so so this works. These dolphins leap to safety. I like that earlier when when Boulder is taking one of the dolphins uh, to safety, he apologizes to it. <laughs> yeah, he's so good. He's such a good boy. And I, I believe it's Blades who says that. Oh, I kind of want a dolphin. <laughs> no, he wants to talk to dolphins. Yes. <laughs> he says, "I want to speak dolphin," and then he starts trying to speak dolphin, and it's really adorable. <laughs> I mean, well, one dolphin sticks its head out of uh, the ocean. You know nothing of our work. <laughs> so yeah, the uh, you know the festival is a success. The 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 tourists are happy. Mister Alper is wearing this dolphin costume, which he just looks like Zegra standing up. He also just doesn't seem to actually be that distressed by it. No, this is uh, fine. I think he's- Sadly, it's not like one of those Spider-Man villain costumes where his head's going to the dolphin's mouth. <laughs> no, not quite. That that actually might be too disturbing. It's yeah. a little more like a kigurumi. 
Yeah, or uh, I you say, know, as he, someone who owns two Kigurumis, he he might be headed off to uh, uh, act as a backup dancer for Katy Perry next. <laughs> yeah, what? Well, he's at least prepared for Halloween. You know, is he the left fine. dolphin, or is he yes. the right dolphin? He's definitely the left dolphin. <laughs> yeah, that that man's wearing an that man's wearing the sweater vest. Yes. Uh left shark is still a legend. Again, you're the best you're getting out of this guy is the Carlton. Yes, yes. this is true. Well, the, the Carlton is so popular, Fortnite stole it. <laughs> I hope Ribeiro's getting some of that Fortnite money. I hope so. I don't think you can. Uh, you cannot copyright a dance. There that's, was that's actually what, a legal what. case about it, wasn't there? There know. was a legal oh. case about it, but like the the you can't copyright a dance has gone back a long time. Oh, yeah. that's sad. You should be able to. He does technically deserves some money for it. I don't. I, Fortnite may have given him something, but mm. but there's no legal grounds for copywriting dance, uh, at least in America. Well, they got enough money out of all the twelve year olds. <laughs> well, yes. Anyway, so the festival's success. Uh, Blades decides that he does want a dolphin, or maybe just one of those dolphin balloons. <laughs> yes. Because I fun. I'm curious as to what they're serving as food. I guess probably a lot of seafood. Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe whatever, whatever crayfish lost, uh, the crayfish races on crayfish week. I mean, I would assume just whatever the like normal fair food is, but maybe yeah, some the kind of rock special, yeah, summer barbecue stuff. Maybe some kind of deep fried seafood. Uh, do, you, no. do you think, uh, Doc and Frankie left town because they are like, oh, tourists? <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. I'm gonna say yes. Or possibly the mayor asked him to leave after all those uh, tourists died in that science accident last year. <laughs> they were like, goody tourists. And he was like, okay. La- last year's fish cakes shaped like dolphins caused some people to grow blowholes. <laughs> he was he had this exciting idea for for like lab grown dolphin meat. <laughs> and uh, so, he knew so yeah, that the, was uh, Marilowski had had too recent a run in with experimental meat products, so he decided yes. perhaps not. Yeah, that's definitely how you get. That's definitely how you get gill men. Yes, <laughs> or, yes or possibly humanoids from the deep. Yes. Anyway, so, uh, you know, the chief is back. Uh, Woodrow is uh, tendering his resignation. He's going to head back to uh, whatever insane antics he gets up to. Yeah. Well, he but, makes them one last meal. That's right. Pizza. And, you know, everyone's very wary of it. But, of course, you know, it's 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 a totally natural. It seems to be perfectly fine. normal pizza. Yes. Uh, you know, of course, Except for the comments that it's maybe made from bat milk. Yes, bat milk cheese. But he's, no, no, I was kidding. You know, you ever tried milk in a bat? Is that Batman joke? It might be a Batman well, joke. He, doesn't he say they're moody? Yes. That's definitely yeah. a Batman joke. That <laughs> <laughs> you about milking a bat? They're they're so moody. Because yes. this uh. this bat has nipples. Could you milk it? <laughs> bat nipples. Yeah, you can only milk Val Kilmer or George Clooney. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, 
and then of course we wrap up the the tertiary plot where Chase thanks uh, Woodrow's car for uh, safeguarding your humans, and for that you have my respect. Aww. Uh, and yeah, he's, that is. Oh, go ahead. He's getting the hang of uh, vehicles on Earth not actually being people. Slowly. So, so that is that is the episode. I I like this one a lot. I enjoy Hamill's guest spots on this show. Yeah, um, he's a lot of fun. I always appreciate when we find out about some weird Griffin Rock tradition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, the the Delvin Water Festival is no crayfish week. Oh, I love crayfish no. week. I love that they're just constantly celebrating everything all the time. <laughs> Random things. And flobsters and other things. Yeah. And Earth Day. I'm actually kind of shocked that they went with lobsters first and crayfish before crabs. I, I feel that's more of a Maryland thing. Yeah. Mm, yeah, maybe. Gotta get that old bay. <laughs> uh, Alright, so, so yeah, fun episode. Uh, so I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusetsu Corner. Is this week on Gosei Sentai, Die Ranger, the birth of a mystical chi-beast. Starting with flashbacks of Ko having nightmares about his mom being nice to him and then burning a tiger uh, onto his arm with a branding iron again. So he wakes up unhappy. (laughs) He's still troubled by mother issues. As you do. Which is a running problem. Anyway, um... Lady Ring is mad about her two sisters who are dead, unsurprisingly. And she's plotting with Akomaru, the little evil kid, do some shit. I love evil kids. Against the Rangers. Uh, the, the three Gorma generals who look like Cenobites. No, the Rangers are, have, okay, the, the, the sixth Chi Beast, which is gonna be the sixth Zord, which is gonna be the Tiger. Called Wan Tiger, but in what's the American name? I don't remember. Uh, oh, the sword, the Tiger Zord, I guess. Oh, yeah, it's just the White Tiger Zord. The sword is, I believe, Sabu. Oh, yes. Oh, that's and it was a though. hilarious puppet. Yeah, kinda. It just well, it's more hilarious in Japanese because it's usually sticking out of Ko's jacket uh, out of his armpit and talking. <laughs> how he stuffs a giant sword that big in his coat when he's a small child. I don't know. Anyway, uh, the Cenobites know that I've all just, the rangers have to be present I've just at always, the birth of the sixth beast. I've just always been under the impression that all male uh, outerwear has pockets like that, that that's just normal for guys. <laughs> well, they used to. Like, like you'd, I had a good snow jacket that had, like, giant, massive pockets. I wish I still had, but I outgrew it and it started to fade and it was no longer 90s neon. It's not fair. Anyway, the, the, the Cenobites' plan is to separate the rangers somehow so they can't be there at the birth of the new Zord and then the Zord won't be born because... Reasons? Because of reasons. Anyway, um, then we go to a park, or a theater park thing, which has, like, um, stadium seating, and then there's, like, a rainbow painting mural 
in the background of the stage. And it's shown up in a lot, a lot of Sentai episodes. Mm. It's one of my favorite sets, and I should have looked up where it actually is because there's at least one Japanese site that tracks common sites that are filming sites cool. in Sentai. But it, it, it's a really neat thing, and um, there is a beh- very long behind-the-scenes making of Die Ranger episodes that is, includes bits from this episode. It's like it was—I I think it was filmed by one of the stunt crew from Power Rangers who went to Japan ah. to like figure out some shit of what they were doing, and it, it's like two hours of behind-the-scenes stuff. It's cool. really interesting, but it's a very long video to watch. I would recommend it if you have two hours to burn. If you are very, very bored. Kind of, yeah, that happens at night. Things. Anyway, uh, Kogo's there. He has a neon Adidas backpack, which I didn't notice before. He's talking to uh, the, the sword, but then Akamaru shows up with uh, the ring lady, and she somehow summons the ghosts of her two sisters who were killed in previous episodes. So there's the three of them, but then the rangers show up, they transform, they're fighting the three of them, and then Ko sneaks off to transform because the rangers still don't know who he is. And he comes in, so it's three on six, and it's a fun fight. And and, and in the behind the scenes, there's, there's some optical effects that are really weird, like Sometimes in some shots, the ghost sisters run at the rangers through them, and like they're they're just semi transparent. I figured it was an optical effect added later. No, <laughs> they did it with mirrors in camera. Oh, that's Ooh. cool. And it is weird to see them do that. It's like, <laughs> what? Why? I mean, okay, it saves time and it looks cool, mm-hmm. but it's like. That's just a basic optical. Why didn't you just do that later? Okay, whatever. No, they want to do it the fun way. (laughs) Do it the fun way with mirrors and lots of little tiny trampolines. Hey, we're going to need another tramp in here. Uh, Anyway, where was I? Anyway, good fight. Uh, The the Gorma's Cenobite trio show up, steal the Red Ranger, and then just bugger off so everyone else stops fighting. (laughs) You know, like normal. It's like, no, we're just trying to steal the Red Rangers so they can't birth a new Zord. We're out. And and then Akamaru, the little kid, is pissed at his dad, yelling at his dad. And then we have child abuse. The dad hits the son. Hooray. Huh? Well, they are evil. <laughs> but and, and then the father's berating his son. I was like, the... You've been kicked out. You're not in charge of tra- handling this f- sixth ranger anymore. I'm in charge. Get out of here. And then the son is like, I will never trust you again. Not that he trusted him again. I will never trust any Gorma. I will get my revenge on you. And his way of immediately getting revenge is to call a payphone, which the pink ranger and Co. the white ranger, happen to be nearby. And then he tells them uh, where they're holding the red ranger <laughs> to fuck up shit. So anyway, the rangers go there to to the walk, rock quarry of death, or the plain of death, they call it, but it's, it's the usual rock quarry. It's the same rock quarry it always is. Yeah. So, uh, the, so the rangers go there while the Gorma are torturing the red ranger who's tied down to this weird giant symbol they painted on the ground, which kind of looks like a like a dartboard target, sort of. Mm-hmm. It's odd. But anyway, they're going to sacrifice him by 
starving him or some shit. But the rangers show up to rescue him, and then there's a big fight, and and, and it's fun. They and have a fight. Somebody wins. They have a fight. An earthquake starts, I guess, because the sixth Zord is trying to be born nearby. And cliffhanger, that's the end. Dun, dun. There's no Zord fight, sadly. There there are spoiler shots of what the Zord is going to look like next episode. Of course. The, the, like the Gorma see in a crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Like previews. Yeah, so th- this is a very obvious part one of a part two, ep- two part episode. But yeah, it's okay. The fighting is really good. Good martial arts stuff. That's what you're there for. I love the behind the scenes. It's it's just really weird because I saw like I saw the Die Ranger behind the scenes thing years ago on YouTube, mm-hmm. and to finally hit the scenes, like oh, I know that, I know that <laughs> fight. <laughs> it's like really nice. And done. The end. All right. That is my book report. All right. So that is uh, that is it for us this week. Until next week, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. And we have a Patreon. Yes. We are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to hope put... Bleh, words. Words are hard. Help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash underground. Uh, for September, our last episode, uh, we watched an episode, we endured an episode of Transformers Victory uh, in honor of Victory Saber, who is now funded, uh, and he's going to have his cannon. That's uh, right. He is going to have the cannon. And, may, and he might have a couple of MicroMasters. He might end up with a couple buddies. Uh, well, presumably by now, because like, uh, I think this... This episode will come out two weeks at, or a week and a half after that. It's been funded. I think okay. logistics are weird. Yeah. So it, that it may be, point, how much longer is it going to run? That's another week or so, I think. Okay, so it will be done by the time this episode comes I out. I think so. Yeah, there's some talk of there being maybe European pledges that have not gotten counted uh. yet. Uh, though there was apparently just a big spike in them that got us up to the cannon today, Some sort I of think. third party, they said uh, it was? Yeah, something that's, uh, like called Zavi or something. Mm. Uh, and now that it's made, uh, I don't know if you guys remember right when Unicron got funded, there was this huge spike at that point. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that's like Kickstarter, but when, yeah. when something is fully funded, people are like, okay, now I'm going to commit. It's like the, you not, not understand how any of this works. Well, no, it's like if you've been burned by some Kickstarter. I guess. So, uh, well, they don't take your money unless it funds, though. So if you're holding out well, because no, you don't know, know if it's going to get funded, then that's Admittedly, most ridiculous. Kickstarters burn you another way by it gets funded, overfunded, up to a million dollars, and then it takes years for it to come out, if it ever comes out. Yeah. Yeah. This I- at least, oh, it's funded, it's definitely coming out. It's a slightly different system, but I can understand the trepidation. Yeah. So uh, it's they may hit uh, the twenty thousand so that we get holy and fire. Uh, I'm a little sad that they aren't going to make new molds for Peepo and uh, Boater. It's like what's Yo, his right, name again? Yeah. That's right, Boater. That's such a good <laughs> name because it's terrible. 
<laughs> we're just uh, hopefully going to get repaints of those two guys. Uh, so, yes, that was September. Uh, for October, we have a spooky Halloween episode uh, that Rob has... Uh, this was Rob's choice. Yes, welcome uh, to my house of horrors. To force yeah. us... See, I like I said, I had actually... I, I remember this time, but last time we recorded, I had forgotten it because I was like thinking that we were going to do some actual horror thing because you're very into like actual horror movies but no we are going to do something that is scary both in content and in not being very good oh yes it it, it shall be a living nightmare from which there is no escape (laughs) oh no I just like remembering that Dracula is part of the the, uh, Marvel Universe just you know, hanging around, being yeah, there. Yeah, there's a book that ran for 70 issues. Turning uh, turning Jubilee into a vampire. He, <laughs> he guest starred in X-Men. Yes. Ah, the glories of being out of copyright. That's right, yes. baby. Back when you Ta- could actually uh, become public domain. Take that, Nosferatu. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're also like weird edge case out of copyright, but in copyright things like Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Early Sherlock Holmes stories are out of copyright, but some of the last ones are in copyright, or at least in England. Yes. It's very weird. Yes. All right. So, uh, so until next time when, uh, either we do, either when our superhuman samurai cyberpod returns, um, that or, was last week. That was last week. So in that case, next <laughs> week, uh, we've got another special guest star. I love oh. recording out of order. It's great. A, a special guest star from another series. <gasps> is it B? It is. Bimblebee. Oh, Can he talk yet? I don't know. We're not. That will happen eventually, but not yet. Aww. Okay. I can't so, believe that that was just a decision that they made in 2007 that we're still all having to live with. Yeah, it's weird that it stuck around for so long. That movie was very popular. (sighs) I guess, but... It was a gimmick that was fine in one movie. It should have ended by the second movie. Well, the weird thing, it ends at the end of that movie. Yes! Yeah, I know, but then they ignore it. (laughs) Yes! I think there's some line that Shia LaBeouf has in the same one where he's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's just playing that up for, like, sympathy. Uh, I hate it. it. Anyway. Weird. Or at least it's very weird that it was Bumblebee. I will be looking mm. forward to more B. Yes. Mm. So, uh, so until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm the Clown Prince of Crime. I'm David. Okay. Key movie. Thank you.